You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. All right, we got to get one more uh, before we're officially good for Saturday night for Mile High Insiders. We have that last wheel and Sports Illustrated Mile High Huddle. Come on, baby. She's online. Welcome in. Welcome in. Saturday night. Always a lot of fun. Mile High Insiders. And I am joined by good friend, co-host, Luke Patterson. Luke, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, Good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah. Dog days of July. Here we are. It's Mile High Insiders. I'm pumped to be here. Uh, Having a good week. Got the daughter in flag football this week. I was just talking to John about that. So, I'm pumped, man. I'm going to start. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start getting to see some of the football at its purest form, as they would say. Right. Or whatever that means. Flag football for co-eds and all that fun stuff. So I'm pumped for a good show. Seeing we already have some familiar names in the house. Andrew Morrow. I see you. Jay, how you doing? John D. Herrera. How are you? And this is my high insider. She's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. You're joining us with John on the ones and twos. Bawana Beast. You know him. You love him. Catch us every Saturday night here at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Buana Beast, if you want to get at John at Twitter, it's John K M H H. If you'd like to talk to Nick at Nick Kendall M H H. If you'd like to talk to me at Luke Patterson LP. And away we go. Nick, it's summer. Uh, we're in those dog di- dog days of July. We're still under the Aaron Rodgers microscope, right? Every little thing. I know the match happened last week and Some bizarre behavior from Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that, but it's what we've got right now, Nick, and it's the breadcrumbs that we're trying to follow. Anytime a Broncos speaks or a former Broncos speak, we dissect it. I know Derek Wolf had some great comments on Vaughn Miller, Um, but we're in those dog days of summer, man, right before training camp where you hope that the Denver Broncos are taking good care of their bodies, good care of their minds, so they can come into training camp with a fresh start. Yeah, man, getting plenty of sleep, getting drinking plenty of water, getting your nutrients. I feel like I'm you know, talking to myself here as well. I'm projecting, <laughs> but uh, and staying out of trouble. You know, that's more of a uh, Kansas City Chiefs thing to do, right? Nobody driving around with uh, illegal weapons in their trunk or any doing, assaults Frank? out there. I mean, Frank, Frank. had assaults. He's he was the first round talent that fell to the second round. I think he was kicked out of Michigan yeah. as well uh, for that. So, uh, Frank. you know, KC, man, they. Uh, they're a really fun f- football team. Patrick Mahomes is a likable dude, but uh, they have some skeletons in the closet, right? Just year after mm-hmm. year. I'm, I don't know if you remember the just tragedy. I, I mean, there's no other way to put it, but a tragedy. Do. Javon Belcher thing. Yep. Oh, I remember. Yep. In college I was just that. I was just thinking about that, Nick. It's <sighs> funny how such a tragic not funny. I shouldn't say that. No, it's bizarre yeah. how such a tragic situation gets swept under the rug as soon as teams start winning. I know Andy Reid was very shaken as he was right there during that whole event, but we digress. Anytime we can take a shot at the Chiefs, we will do that. Uh, Broncos, they have been no stranger to trouble in the past, but I think with George Payton and Vic Fangio, they're setting up a newer culture where accountability and work and um, being a good teammate is something that mm-hmm. they're definitely putting emphasis on this year. So I would hope that the Denver Broncos stay out of the news for all the wrong reasons and only stay in the news for the right reasons. And uh, Nick, I'm curious that golf showing in Moab, uh, John Elway's usually is it Montana. Uh, is it Montana? I don't know. I, don't I thought it was, it was Utah. Moab. Well, there was okay. the match right with Aaron okay. Rodgers and Tom Brady, but then there was another golf event oh, okay. later on, and that's a golf event. It's like a pro am, I'm pretty sure. Okay, and John Elway usually participates in it. Aaron Rodgers told Charles Barkley, "I'll tell you, you know, in in Moab or Salt Lake City or okay. wherever." Yeah. Um, so I'm like, hmm, golf courses, John Elway, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Kendall. Hey, we forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, Elway, Elway, Elway. He's a uh... He does like himself some golf, um, but that's, uh, you know, he's a little bit more time to do that now. Let's say hello to everybody in here. We got a lot yeah, of people up, in Mike? here. It is Saturday night. Um, make sure you guys, um, if you are joining us today, leave a comment, um, like, subscribe, and share. If you're joining us on YouTube, click those thumbs up or hearts. If you're joining us on uh, Facebook, yep, subscribe, like, and share. Perfect. Yeah, we got a little bit off there from the, the beginning. Also, if you're on Twitter, follow us at Mile High Huddle and at MHI underscore pod. And over on Facebook, follow us facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not, I'll be honest with you. I'm not big on the golf. I know that uh, my old hometown is the center of the golf universe. I think this week with the John Deere classic, um, higher learnings coming in here. Hey, Broncos country. Good to see you. We got Mo Ron in the house as well. I always love Mo Ron. 
um, with the, uh, oops, sorry, John. I'll, uh, my hands makes me, think of, makes me think of the water boy, right? Hey, moron. Um, Dylan Von Ark's in the house as well. Ryan, yeah, I see you. Don Olson, how you doing? Uh, yeah, great. Willie. In the shop, Willie. My guy. Willie, you'll be so proud of me, man. I don't know if you caught us the last couple of weeks, but I've been doing really, really good. I'm not even going to bring up that trending topic that you and I argue about because I'm doing really good with it, Nick, and I'm going to try to keep it that way. Uh, the timer is on. It's you know seven minutes into the show. Willie, give me some, give me my props, Willie, because I'm doing well. Yeah, Willie. Willie loves you guys, and he hates me. No, <laughs> I think I maybe made a joke at Missouri's expense once. Hey, Stu Peak in the house too. Good to see you, Stu. Clayton Her- uh, here on in the house as well. Good to see you, Clayton. Hey, uh, Clayton. Good to see everybody in here. I saw that Cindy was in the house as well. Where is Cindy? Nice. There she is, Cindy Barrett Albert. Good to see you. Good afternoon, boys. Denver Broncos for life. Thank you very much, Cindy. Looks like she's out and about in the wilderness there with her picture. It's good to see. Uh, we got John or uh, Willie saying the uh, horse. Or equestrian uh, poultry padlock there. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, no, let's get into it. Uh, our conversation today is uh, actually let's, let's answer Don first because it kind of leads into it. Hey, guys. Hello, Don over on Facebook. If you're joining us on Facebook, click those thumbs up. Um, hey, guys, which teams do you think will crash and burn this season? Not everyone can make the playoffs. Well, I did expand it to uh, a seventh team, right? So, uh, you know, participate participation trophies out there in the NFL for those three. Uh, Three wild card spots these days. No, just gotta gotta get in a jab there. It'll be good for the Broncos, hopefully. Um, but uh, yeah, do you, who do you think? Don asked a good question. Thank you very oh, much, John. Man. Who's gonna Try- crash and burn this scene? High expectations, gonna flounder. I hope Kelberman's not listening because I'm gonna say the Dallas Cowboys number one. Uh, yeah, what's <laughs> up, man? Sorry, but I don't care if you're on Hard Knocks again. I don't care if you've got the richest stadium. I don't care if you used to be America's team. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys always find a way to mess things up and it's mm-hmm. not I'm not going to blame it on Dak Prescott I'm not going to blame it on Ezekiel Elliott I'm going to blame it on Jerry Jones because no matter what happens no matter who the players are no matter who the coaches are that are shuffled in and out of that building they always run into the same problem and it's Jerry Jones he's meddling I always expect him to be a problem Cowboys made the playoffs last year or no they were they were out Washington the Washington football team made the playoffs in that disastrous league um so off the top of my head that's one team and then Nick I think about the Seahawks because mm, I know yep, Russ I, I know I know Russ Wilson is trying to come out and trying to be you know a good attitude and come into the season because the guy's an absolute baller and a competitor but Nick he does not want to be in Seattle either. Okay. He no. I, I think that's like almost Tom Brady-esque where you're going to see it a year down the road. Russell's out of the out of Seattle. You can see that the rest of that division with San Francisco and the Los Angeles Rams are making moves not only at the quarterback level, but on the team level as well. Very, very dangerous team. So off the top of my head, I'm going Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks. Those are two really good ones. Um, I'm looking at the playoff odds right now and teams that I think may be too high of their odds. Um, the Broncos actually have higher odds than this team, which surprised me. But uh, this is a perennial power, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they've had a great mm. uh, defense for years. Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger will make the Hall of Fame, most likely. I know that the passing stats have exploded over the past few years. So like any NFL quarterback who's played 5, 10, or 10-plus 10 years probably good enough to make the hall of fame just with how it's been recently, at least starting caliber. Do you um, agree but, with that? Do you think big Ben should, <sighs> deserves it in? I mean, that's, you're right. That, there, there's somewhere. an argument. Yeah, there's an argument. You're right. That's a, that's a really good question. Cause that's, yeah. that's a good team. You're right. The Steelers and then big Ben, should he be in the hall? I, oh, man, I just don't I like the should. Steelers. So I think, I think he, should. he should. Yeah, I think the he should. That's a good that, point. Like, you have like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning who like arguably are the best ever. And if that's your threshold, then, nobody's getting in right so i think there has to be a threshold under that i have a hard time with uh, i think big ben is the most deserving of these three but eli manning the two super bowls over especially over the patriots his regular season's bad but like you can't write the story of the nfl without eli manning the famous the the history of his uh bloodline as well that's a really hard one i also have a hard time with philip rivers um who was incredible for years Mm. um put up stats galore um i don't think it's his fault that his teams fell apart at the end uh, but you know, it's, that's another one that I have a hard time with. And Gary leads Palmer coming in here probably with the stars because he is a, the star of my life. I love you, Gary kisses. Gary. Uh, <laughs> and I mean that in a manly way. No, no. Yeah, we have to, uh, thank you so much. I just wanted to be silly there. Uh, it's love okay. MHI. Love you guys rock or you guys rock Broncos country is a state of being. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, you, man, you're always coming in and, uh, keeping, 
uh, keeping the lights on in here. We appreciate that. So Steelers, I'm actually surprised their odds are lower than the Broncos. I'm looking at teams that have higher odds than the Broncos that I'm like, man, am I going to buy stock in this team? Yeah. The Dolphins? Am I buying stock in Tua right now? Probably not. I really like Brian Flores. I like the defense, but they're still young. I don't think, I don't know if Tua's got it, man. I know it's hey. hard to judge him off his rookie season. I just, I'm not buying in on Tua. I did not. I'm very much a proponent of like believing the splash when you see it. And um, we saw that with Justin Herbert last year, unfortunately. So I Kyler Murray when he came in, Patrick Mahomes. I did not see it with, uh, I did not see it with Tua last year. He just looked very pedestrian. So Who's that's the one. Who's the backup for, for Tua right now? Oh man. Um, uh, I'll go to the, I'll, I'll go to the chat line too. Who's the backup quarterback. Cause as we all know, Ryan Fitzmagic went to the Washington football team. Um, Jacoby Bursett, my guy, right? Travis hey, Weber, what's up, buddy? Uh, Peter Middleton saying good morning from Cambodia. Ooh, what's going on, Peter? Cambodia. Appreciate you. Yeah, mile high morning salute. Uh, maybe at your nighttime, you can do some nighttime coffee with Nick and kind of flip those rolls around since you're in Cambodia. You I love seeing Broncos country everywhere. And uh, in the shop, Willie, also agreeing with you, Travis Weber, I see a good evening, Broncos country, a loyal, loyal supporter. Hope you guys all had a great fourth and a safe fourth as well. Uh, yeah. But in the shop, Willie saying two is a bum. Starting to agree with you a little bit, Nick. Um, now, he's not saying he's a bust, but right now, the expectations for Tua this year are high. It's the wait's over. It's time to get going. Uh, the Like you said, the team. Mm-hmm. We're buying Brian Flores. It's just the quarterback, right? And quarterbacks, it's quarterback-driven league. So that's tough, Nick. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah no, he's definitely one. Uh, I don't know if I trust their offensive line yet either. That's another one. They have some good weapons, but they're a little – I mean, Jalen Waddle. we know rookie wide receivers take a little bit of time, even though his speed is going to translate right away. I like Devontae Parker. What about the depth there? Not sure. Kaseki, he's a good tight end. Is he a great tight end? I'd take Noah Fant 10 out of 10 times versus him. Yep. Um, so I don't trust their pass rush either. I don't think they actually have like dominant front seven players. I really like Christian Wilkins. They traded for Bendarek McKinney. They have good back seven. I just don't know about them. On the other team, I saw somebody mention okay. it earlier here. Um, let me find it real quick. Somebody did a good one. There we go. Higher learnings. The Saints. Jameis Winston. Uh, Hill. Uh, I'd, I'm not uh, buying that one. Also, the NFC South is tough. Uh, the Buccaneers are great. The Falcons had last year had a winning record if they would have uh, – like they were had a winning record, I think, in the first half of the games, and then they blew like a lot of games. Like they have their Pythagorean whatever for the wins losses. They should have won way more games. So I'm expecting a major bounce back from the Falcons. Um, and uh, who's the other team in the NFC South? The Panthers, second year under uh, rule as well. So I think the Saints are a team that they have a great defense still. I'm not buying any stock in Hill or Jameis turnover Winston. So that's another team I expect to regress a lot. Even though Breeze wasn't good last year, you're still going to kind of have that the second the fallout from losing a first ballot hall of fame quarterback saints are in a tough spot that's a really that's really good higher learnings and tim durs also mm-hmm. coming in here saying how much are the saints spending on quarterbacks a lot of money right especially for yeah. one of those gadget quarterbacks in case hill and i know we all love him folks but go look at his fumbles <laughs> when you watch the film and stuff like that it's there's some cute college plays and stuff that he can do in the nfl but when you start to talk about long longevity um momentum all kinds of other stuff it's it's Teams are starting to catch on, and Taysom Hill is not getting any younger. So while I respect him and what he can do, uh, not the quarterback or even I don't I wanted to say traditional quarterback, but not even the the newer quarterback. We're starting to see the dual threats. So he's uh, traditional in, sh- in a way that's like back in the leather helmets. Oh, in, in the shop on Willie saying you're wrong on Winston. No, 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 no. Jameis, man, thirty for thirty. Um, Willie, come on, man. Jameis, you loving Jameis? Now, I know Jameis, you know, got his name got mentioned a little bit around here as a, you know, retread quarterback, but the Saints, that's a really good team. Um, quarterback though, Nick, when I saw Saints, you know what I thought of? Aaron Rodgers. How great would it be if you're Aaron Rodgers and you want to go to another team? What about the Saints? Uh, let's say you play hardball with the Packers, you go back and you want to get traded next year, something along those lines. Uh, it's hard to say maybe Aaron Rodgers and the saints come out of nowhere and become a dark horse candidate. Hard to say, looks like Nick froze up just a little bit. So we'll give him a second to get back on the wire. But Peter Middleton coming in here saying the Kansas city chiefs, there's now film on how to beat Patrick Mahomes. And if he's injured, are the chiefs really any better than the Broncos or chargers? Peter, you bring up a really good point. How did the Kansas City Chiefs uh, just get annihilated? Linebackers, 
not just linebackers, but you've got athletic, smart, and versatile linebackers. Pat Mahomes was under more duress than any quarterback in the Super Bowl, and that's because of those linebackers that kept flying around. He scrambled backwards for, what was it, upwards to 400 yards or something like that. Uh, Tampa Bay has absolutely given a blueprint. By no means does that make that easy because if you're the Broncos and you're finally loading up on your secondary players, you've got Pat Sertan, you've got uh, a host of other DBs, a Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, you're hoping has a bounce back year. Um, Michael Ojemudia, you want him to take another step up. You got Ronald Darby in the house. It's one of those things where the athletic linebacker is still missing. And don't get me wrong, when Baron Browning was drafted here, I was through the moon because I loved Baron Browning. Got to scout him down at the Senior Bowl. Absolutely love him. Love his teammate, Jonathan Cooper. But these things take time, folks. And it's a lot like the tight end position when you look at Noah Fant. It's taken Noah Fant a little bit to get going as that first-round tight end. Well, it's going to take these athletic linebackers a little bit to get going, considering uh, Noah Fant was a first-round draft pick, and some of these linebackers that the Broncos are picking up are now in the middle round. So while I respect Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson and what elements they can bring to the game, if we're being honest and you put Josie Jewell or Alexander Johnson on another NFL team, I'm not a hundred percent sure that they are going to be three down linebackers. And that's not, that's not me throwing shade. That's just trying to keep the truth. So uh, absolutely a blueprint. The Broncos, I think they're going to start to transition with some more athletic linebackers. It's just going to take a little bit of time and thinking about time and uh, always spending his time and his monetary donations with us here on MHI. Appreciate you so much. Slide and glide brothers with a four ninety nine super. How y'all doing? During these boring days of summer, go Broncos. We're doing great, slide and glide. Absolutely love it. I hope you had a great 4th of July out there, Broncos country, and everybody stayed safe. Uh, Casey Martin saying, Luke flying solo. Keep up the good work, man. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes uh, internet goes out, things happen, weather happens, and we just keep it rolling. Keeping it rolling along is Andrew Morrow with a 199 Super. Keep it classy, gentlemen. Hashtag get Rogers. Hashtag MHH rules. We appreciate you so much, Andrew. Thank you for your donation here on MHI. I am Luke Patterson. You can find me at Luke Patterson LP. John Buana Beast on the ones and twos, making sure I am never alone. And we will always get there. Gary Lead with those 100 stars. We appreciate you so much. Travis, I see you out there, man. You're always, always supporting us. And guys, if you really want to support us, it does not always have to take a monetary donation. Please like, subscribe, and get your podcasts over to your your uh, your phones, get it over to your speakers, your Bluetooth, enable it, and find Mile High Huddle wherever you get Spotify, iTunes, and you can get that things go- those things going. Nick's back. If you want to check out our articles, get on over to milehighhuddle.com. Get at Mile High Huddle on Twitter, and away we go. So, Nick, I was talking about the Saints as a possible dark horse candidate, and like when you, like you were smiling and it was frozen, and I was like, man, maybe he's just clowning me because this, I don't know. It's silly. Could it be a dark horse candidate coming out? I mean, everybody, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know what? John Clayton's talking about teams a year from now, possibly coming out of the woodwork. If Aaron Rodgers decides to play with the Packers, we're going to see more movement. It will no longer just be the Denver Broncos connected to one MVP Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's a that's a good call. The Saints are a dark horse for Aaron Rodgers, and that's a team that they have Sean Payton, who's a great coach. Uh, Jameis Winston has a lot of tools, um, so he's a guy that could, you know, he could click, right? First overall pick, all the arm talent in the world, had LASIK. Um, he's one that can make every throw. It's just the game. He hasn't made good decisions. He's kind of like, a, you know, there's some dear, uh, Drew Locke to his game, but better arm talent. Um, but, uh, there's maybe also a little bit more intelligent. Um, but as far as the turning the ball over a bunch of stuff there, that's a, that's a, he's definitely a chance. It's just so volatile and we can only go on the tape that we have so far. So, um, I'm in the shop with Willie saying Winston will absolutely make the jump. Um, I also do think that the saints weapons are a little bit uninspiring. I like Michael Thomas a lot, but, uh, he's very much a system. I think player as well. He accumulates a lot of stats because of who he played with and where he plays in the slot. Are you getting a lot of value from him in the slot? He's not doing a lot average depth of target wise. Alvin Kamara is great, but it's also shorter depth of target. Who are the explosive playmakers making plays vertically down the field? I don't see them on the Saints. You need those with Jameis Winston with how he plays. Um, so he could make the jump. 
Absolutely. I'm not going to sp- uh, speak in absolutes because all we can go on is what he's done so far. You're not but, a Sith uh, Lord. You're not a Sith yeah, Lord. Exactly. And you don't you don't speak in absolutes. Hey, is Emmanuel Sanders still on that Saints, Saints roster? I think or he, he signed a- with the Bills. Did he really? He is yeah, with the, the Bills. Bills. Oh, fine. man. That, yeah. As if they needed any more wide receiver help and they get Emmanuel Sanders. Good for Emmanuel. Good for Josh. Good, good for good the for Bills. Josh. Good for um, uh Good for, uh, gosh, uh, Diggs as well. Um, speaking of Diggs, good for everybody, Gabriel, Stu coming in here. Yeah, Gabriel, bucks. love it. Ooh, Stu McPeak. I love you, Stu. Thanks, good buddy. to see you, Stu. Stu's back. Um, appreciate you. And, uh, thank you for holding down the fort. My computer uh, decided, you know what? It's time that we're going to do an update. The screen froze, and then all of a sudden it said, loading wheel, updates are in progress. So We've all been know. there, man. I've been there. You've been there. John's been there. It happens, especially <sighs> when you're doing these live streams. And that's part of the fun of it, man. And, you know, Absolutely. people people got to listen to me flap my gums, and which I have mm-hmm. no problem doing ever And when it's yeah. talking about football. And uh, yep. we thank everybody for joining MHI. He is Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. John K. on the ones and twos. And here we go. I want to open it up a little bit. Um, is this a Broncos cast, Gary Smith? It is. And that's a great transition because we're talking about the playoffs, right? Playoffs. Um, how did the Broncos get to the playoffs, Nick? Because you know that the Kansas City Chiefs will win the AFC West division. So if you're the Denver Broncos, you're looking at a wild card. What do the Broncos have to do? to get to that wild card. And I'm not just asking you to give me a record. I'm not just asking you to tell me to trade for Aaron Rodgers. The guys that we have right now, the quarterbacks that we have right now with Aaron Rodgers and Drew Locke, that's what we're rolling with for the sake of this argument because we deal with the actual reality of the situation. So how did the Broncos return to the wild card? Yeah, the Broncos returned to the wild card by staying healthy this season and protecting the football and going out there and having a top five defense. I think the formula is pretty simple, harder to execute. Uh, Last year, they were a team on the upper end of the bell curve as far as being struck by injuries, Uh, but they were still not going to be probably a playoff team either way with how bad the quarterback play was, the lack of depth at the cornerback position, um, young offense as well. First year in a new system again, in a year where things were difficult um, to kind of get things put in place because of what's going on in the world. Uh, So, I think that the Broncos formula is simple um, on paper. Getting there is harder. And a lot of it, obviously, we don't want to beat the dead horse at this point or beat a dead horse. Quarterback play will, be ma- will matter a lot. But quarterback mm-hmm. doesn't have to be amazing, right? They don't have to go out there and win games. They just need to go out there, execute the offense, get it to the talent that there's so much of it on this team on the offensive side of the ball, and uh, let the defense play with a lead for once. Or just not, you know, not play with uh, down two scores with a quarter and a half left of play because that's just been all too familiar for this team. Nick, if your safeties are worried about wide receivers, that opens up the game, the running game immensely. When you've got the strong safety and the free safety worried about Cortland Sutton, about Jerry Judy, about Tim Patrick, about KJ Hamler, about Noah Fant. I can go on and on and on. But yeah. this this team, Nick, they can run the ball. And I think this is going to be a, a, a new transition. I don't know if it's going to be a Pat Shermer thing. It's not going to be his signature offense. But I think George Payton is setting this team up to run the ball. Whether or not mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon is going to execute the way that I think he will remains to be seen. But that's why they trade up to go get a Javante Williams. Mike yeah. Boone, he will be a special teams addition, as you have said um, on the show many, many times. But don't miss Mike Boone. I mean, he's going to come in, change the pace back, and we'll see what this guy can do. I'm not expecting much, but you know what? I would like to be pleasantly surprised with Mike Boone. If you're Royce Freeman, you are undoubtedly on the outside looking in. You've got Levante Bellamy already above you, so you've got to run the ball if you're going to make it to the postseason so that you can support your defense. This defense is so tired of never playing with a lead. And while I can understand that, how do you change momentums with takeaways? This defense that should be top five, I need a lot more takeaways. I need Vic Fangio to win a game or two in the month of September. And I see it on the chat line right now. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm expecting them to beat the Broncos twice. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong at least one of the times. The Chargers, that's going to be tough. But Nick, the Raiders slept, swept the Broncos last year. Uh, unacceptable, yeah. absolutely unacceptable, embarrassing first game. But if you're the Denver Broncos, the first key, you got to sweep the Raiders, in my opinion. It's not just because I hate the Raiders, but it's because I see them as the worst team in this division. The Chargers have Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert scares me. Yeah, Justin Herbert, I I will say I'm a big, you know, I'm a big stats guy. 
And there's the quarterback statistic that typically tends to fluctuate year to year a lot. And that is quarterback ability under pressure Um, year to year. You do see it tend to be like, you know, some quarterbacks are better under pressure and some are worse, but like to be on the far ends are extremes. um, Those tend to regress pretty massively and go back and forth. Um, And the number one extreme last year for really extremely good under pressure, uh, highest passer rating under pressure last year was Justin Herbert. You should expect him to regress somewhat to the mean, uh, the mean there this season. The worst quarterback in the NFL last year under pressure, statistically uh, statistically speaking, um, was Drew Locke. So you'd expect him some positive regression towards the mean this year. So they probably won't flip. Um, they'll probably stand, tend to stay in that neighborhood. Um, but they should not be, Herbert should not be as good there and Locke as bad. Um, so Herbert, while he can improve a lot of ways, I'm not quite ready to crown him as like this undoubtedly incredible talent yet. I think he'll be a top 12 quarterback in the league. I don't know if he's the point in 2021 though, where it's like, you know, they have Herbert, the Broncos don't have a chance uh, to beat that team. Kind of like where I look at Kansas city, where the Broncos are right now with their questions at quarterback, where I agree with you beating the Kansas city once would be uh, probably unlikely. Anything can happen in one game, but I would not probably bet on them in either game this season uh, with how they (laughs) stack up right now, unless the chiefs have another, you know, player with an Uzi in their trunk. And, (laughs) and maybe it's a bit of an overreaction on my end, Nick, because that's what we do as human beings. But when Justin Herbert is eating a hot dog and the starting quarterback gets his lung punctured and he goes against the chiefs and you know, it's toe to toe. I mean, just that was impressive. I know that you were impressed when you say he's a top 12 quarterback, my God, if you're a Broncos fan, wouldn't you be happy to have a top 12 quarterback? I think a lot of that too is jealousy. I'm jealous that they figured it out. And, you know, I was a little down on, on, on Justin yeah. Herbert coming into the draft. I thought maybe you you heard a lot about his odd personality and, and not necessarily a leader and any of that stuff, man, he put out and I'm expecting him to do some good things, but yeah, the Raiders, the Raiders, you've got to take that next step and you've got to reverse that curse that they put you in last year with the sweep. So um, to me, man, Vic Fangio, You've finally got to deliver with that defense. I know you've had some, you've led the league in certain statistical categories, been top five here and there, but I want Vic to have some inspired football. I want guys to have fun because when guys are having fun, they're winning and the Broncos haven't been winning in a long time, Nick. Yeah, man. If you put Herbert on this Broncos team uh, with the season he had last year, there would be some dark horse Super Bowl talk. Um, unfortunately, I do think that's that's the case. Uh, that's but that just speaks about how talented the Broncos uh, team is around the quarterback position, more so than just Herbert being incredible, right? Like you put Tannehill on this Broncos team. There's talk of them being a Super Bowl Super Bowl team, maybe not beating the Chiefs, but uh, anything can happen in one game. So sure. uh, that's that's the question mark right now with the Broncos, and it will remain to be that way. Um, Gary Smith coming in, I think they're going back to the Kubiak way. I hope anyway. Please. Physical football, yeah. Kubiak was physical. Um, it was a little bit more coordinated. Uh, aggression though, coordinated physicality where that zone stretch, right? There's, they're more like dancing ballerinas out there rather than like, you know, the hogs back in the Washington uh, football team. heyday. those that that's when you're talking um, some monsters there. Uh, just so, line up man on man. Yeah. yeah. And you see the, it's so awesome to see the evolution of the Shanahan offense and the Shanahan tree. And I tweeted yeah. it out nauseum, something I'll do every year. Why Mike Shanahan is never um, on the ballot for hall of fame is beyond me. Absolutely yeah. beyond me. The man has three Super Bowl rings, including one with San Francisco. He's evolutionized an offense. And you're right, Gary. Uh, I believe it was Gary. Uh, might have, Yeah, Gary, you're exactly mm-hmm. right, man, with that smash mouth. I want one, one Jew can cut. I want one. Put your foot in the dirt and go. And that's what you're going to get with Javante Williams. And that's what you can get with Melvin Gordon, Nick. He's physical. He's a big back. He looked great. Uh, When he did show up, he looked great, at least. And I'm not talking about his silly little haircut. But I want Melvin Gordon to do well. It's a contract Mm -hmm. year for Melvin. What do we know about Melvin? Melvin takes care of Melvin. So if Melvin's going to take care of Melvin this year, that's probably good news for the Broncos because Melvin Gordon, he can be a physical back. And I hope he takes that step this year. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and I see some people saying you don't think the Broncos defense can beat uh, Mahomes this year. No, um, that's a good. Um, and then with everyone healthier, D could beat Mahomes. I'm going to say it's definitely possible. The Broncos have been close to beating Mahomes a few times. I think Vic Fangio has a good formula to beat Mahomes. I think the Broncos have crafted the defense this year to go out there and uh, isolate Mahomes, uh, not let him run wild in the back seven that can maybe take away uh, Hill as well. Also, Hill, Kelsey, a year older. They're still great, but I mean, the 
being in the playoffs that extended year after year, those guys are having more hits. Um, their bodies are, you'd expect at least at some point to start to deteriorate some way, but I think both on the wrong side of 32. So it could happen. I think the Broncos could, this is probably the Broncos best chance to beat the Chiefs since that game where Case Keenum airmailed the Demarius Thomas on the right side of the field when he was open. It just took a bucket throw and uh, he threw it out of bounds. Should have um, hit him but, in the uh, honey hole. Something I talked yes. to Mike Pritchard, Mike uh, Pritchard about former CU buff. Great. And NFL Atlanta Hawk or yeah. uh, Atlanta Falcons Seahawk, man. Oh, just the honey hole. Missed the honey hole. And it absolutely it was a perfect by DT too. People are like, oh, he slowed down. He slowed down because it was covered too. That safety was overhanging. Like there was a spot right there. It's, it's a walk-in touchdown. Just throw the guy open. Yeah, missed well, it. Well, and here's, I'll give you just a little pushback because you're right. Two things can be true at the same time. I love Pastor Tan and I think that he's going to add a new element of confusion to Pat Mahomes game one day. Not this yeah. year because Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. Super Bowl winning quarterback and MVP, you can bet he's going to challenge a rookie. I think when Pat Mahomes looks at Pat Sertan, he is not going to be intimidated one bit. It's going to take Pat Sertan a little bit of time to develop into the, the corner that can one day go toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes. And I think you're going to see interceptions from Pat Mahomes thrown over to Pat Sertan. But what you did not see is linebacker upgrades here. And that's what absolutely scares me. When you were gone for just that brief second, we had a, a great comment talking about the blueprint for beating the Kansas City Chiefs and what the Tampa Bay Bucks did. While I understand that was one game, that one game was the Super Bowl, and you saw Pat Mahomes under pressure more than any other quarterback in the Super Bowl modern-day era has ever been under. I mean, something to the effects, Nick, of what, scrambling negative 300 yards or something on one leg? I mean, absolutely crazy. Pat Mahomes is a freak for doing it, but I just worry about those linebackers because while you definitely needed to help the secondary – Man, the linebackers need some help, too. And I just really, really worry who's going to cover Kelsey. What did Vic Fangio say, Nick? He said Pastor Tan might cover Kelsey. So maybe I don't need to be so worried about the linebackers if we have that elite secondary. Yeah, I know the Chiefs used a first-round pick on uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but uh, give him the ball. Anytime they give him the ball and take it out of Patrick Mahomes' hand, that's a win in my book. Even if he's running for five yards of carry, I don't care. Take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand. Make them have to. Uh, 12 play drives. Good luck. Well, and your D line and your D line is going to be looking good too, Nick, right? I mean, your D line against, against Clyde Edwards or Lair and the Kansas city chiefs offensive line in the run game. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll take the Broncos D line in that scenario. Hands down. Yep. I think so. And Gary Smith saying, I think Vangio is handcuffed our defense. He's zone minded. That's cool. All, All and all, but man, you go Von Chubbs blitz baby. And uh, then Greg also says a uh, send corner safeties blitz. Um, I don't think that's the way to beat Mahomes. Mahomes is the best. Mahomes is incredible when there is pressure. And that's because um, oh, Hill is. and Kelsey absolutely destroy one-on-ones. I don't think you can, you need to win by having your guys up front four or three rushing when their matchups out of their own talent and then keep guys behind them. Cause what kills you is when you're giving up the 40 plus yard plays that those are the I- ones you cannot have. I can't wait to see Vita Vea in the Super Bowl this year against uh, Pat Mahomes and see what what he could do. Oh, man, it's just, you know, it's too early to call, right? But when we're talking about that, yeah, that NFC South, man, and then, like, we're talking, yeah, we're talking about the Saints. We're talking about the Panthers. Gosh, dang, that Bucks team is reloaded. And you you know what? Screw you, Tampa Bay. Even your hockey team's winning now and all this craziness. I don't even follow hockey, and I'm understanding that Tom Brady has this effect everywhere he goes and it's absolutely crazy but i i like that last comment with what von miller and bradley chubb are expected to do y'all better get after that quarterback i want to see some greatness von's talking about kicking everybody's ass in practice that's great you're going against second string offense at some time von uh you're coming off of an injury you're old people say that you're done Derek wolf is going on the airwaves saying von here's all that and he's going to prove everybody wrong just watch I hope that he does. I hope that Bradley Chubb is ready to go. Pin those ears back and let's go. Speaking of let's go, Dale Hendricks in the house with $3 Super. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining Nick and I and John on MHI. Anything to the rumor that Peyton Manning might buy the Denver Broncos? Nick, as you know, the Denver Broncos in the ownership situation, shaky at best. (laughs) If we want to get into all that funny stuff, basically, um, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I understand, the court case between the trust and the siblings um, has kind of been put on hold right now with the theory that there are some negotiations behind the scenes going on, mutual negotiations. Then you've got another court case coming down the road in September where it's actually the Broncos taking 
the Kaiser family to court for the right of first refusal, I believe. So uh, tons of ownership questions. Who's going to buy the team? You hear Jeff Bezos' name. You hear uh, Ann Schutz's name as a local thing here in Colorado. And then you hear Peyton Manning's name. Nick, what do you think about the rumors of Peyton Manning wanting to own a team? And is that team the Denver Broncos? I think if that happens, it would be similar to Magic Johnson of the Lakers, where he is a minority owner, but a figurehead and definitely a part of the organization. Um, but he can he doesn't have the financial ability to be the main horse, right? Like he has to be backed and put in somebody that has much more buying power um, and uh, just investments, billionaires, right? Peyton Manning, he's rich. I don't know if he's a multi-billionaire, right? Isn't like, that that's- crazy? Isn't that crazy to think like Peyton Manning wouldn't be in that game? And Nick, you're right. Just for some housekeeping, um, Peyton Manning and the group that he was with were outbid for, I believe, the Carolina Panthers. So we know that Peyton tried once. And so you know that he wants to own a team one day. You know that he lives here. He doesn't want to uproot his family. But Peyton seems like a guy that wants to take things that – his pace and wants to do things his way. I'm sure he doesn't want to get involved or start throwing out his name amid uh, family turmoil over the late great Mr. Bolin and his estate, because Nick things could get really, really ugly. And I'm afraid usually before they get better, they often do get a little nastier. So I think it's going to be a odd transition, but Dale, I like where your head's at because I think it's an option. I really do. I think it's a potential option, but it wouldn't be Peyton as that sole uh, prospective owner, if you will. Yeah. Like just like magic Johnson with the Lakers. Like I said, they and, have another and the Dodgers and the, yeah. Yep. So he's definitely like, he's got his fingers on it. And I would really like, if there's anybody I'd trust to get this team on winning tracks, as far as like, not the general manager, but like putting pressure getting everybody in there. Um, and even just his presence, I think Peyton Manning would be excellent for this team. Uh, I'd feel better about it. Uh, but he does not have, he's not a billionaire, right? He'd have to have be the figurehead of some other team uh, or a team of investors coming in there, but that would be great. Um, that would be awesome. So yeah, thank you very much for the question. Thank you much for this very much for the super chat, Joe. We appreciate it. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in saying a Peyton Manning could definitely be involved though. Uh, like how we bought, brought in Elway. It's a little different than Elway. Cause it wasn't like a changing of ownership there, but you're talking about like the president of operations. Don't see Peyton Manning being the general manager. I don't think he would step on George Payton at all. And that would be a big, that would be a really interesting dynamic there too, if that did emerge. Um, but, uh, it's a little different, I think, than Elway, who was brought in more personnel side right away. If we could only be a fly on the wall over there right. at UC health training center, right? Because I'm sure I don't, I'm totally speculating, but I am sure that Peyton Manning and George Payton have, have met that they've chatted, that they've mm-hmm. consulted They're just out of, right now. out of the respect that each man has for the other. And I, don't be surprised Broncos country when you're sitting out the hill out there at training camp and you're sweating and you're a little grouchy. And then you see 18 walk through the, with his two little, with his little boys, little girl, and you see Mike Shanahan, hopefully show up, you know, I, you see Broncos come back. Don't be surprised. Peyton still has that good connection. And we see G easy in the house, 2021 Broncos. Let's, go how do the broncos get back to the playoffs guys i want your take go ahead and get it nick get at me right now we're heading into our final segment so to speak so nick we've talked about running the ball we've talked about defensive takeovers let's talk about head coaching let's talk about situational football uh vic fangio is heading into his third year as head coach we know that he prefers to stay on the defensive side um he definitely believes in delegating when it comes to the offense but He's had some some pretty significant issues that have led to direct losses, I would, I would argue, for the Denver Broncos with time management, with things of that nature. Mike Kliss was asked this week um, on a local radio station if an analytics person was going to be brought in, and he said he hadn't heard that. I'm concerned, Nick. It sounds like Vic is getting his way. The last analytics guy, mutual parting of the ways, Vic didn't like him, and, and they got rid of him. How does Vic Fangio take the next step as a game manager, as an overall head coach? Because his job is definitely on the line. That seat's warm, and uh, if the Broncos are going to have success, it's either got to be with Vic Fangio now or without him in the near future. Yeah. He's got to take steps forward, but you have to remember also, like this was an issue for Andy Reid for years and years, right? The clock management stuff, the end of game stuff. If your scheme is good Mm -hmm. enough and your players love you and you're building a good culture, uh, you can have 
defect uh, defects, right? Like I'm not expecting Vic Fangio to be perfect. He's still going to have mistakes and it's important to have some perspective, right? Like we don't want to be like, we lack perspective. What was it? The Jaguars game when the Broncos marched off the field at halftime and they're only up by like seven and they're supposed to beat them by like 28, right? People are booing like, Oh my God, are you serious? Um, but uh, that's uh, got to have some perspective there. It is important for him to do well this year. And I think that stuff matters a lot more when you have a smaller margin for error, which is, the case with the Broncos right now, given the talent on the team they've had and the inept quarterback play they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it won't be as much of an issue this year. There'll be some point this season where Vic Fangio is going to make a mistake. Hopefully it doesn't cost them the game. Um, but uh, yeah, man, people are ready to burst and spank him for that at the soonest mistake because you know, it's there. What's the word I'm looking for? The snake bit, a little bit snake bit by that. Well, it, it's because if it, <sighs> It's all in context, right? So if Vic, if the offense is marching down the field, right, and Vic doesn't call that timeout, people are going to say it's because he wasn't paying attention to the offense. And that argument can be heard. Um, Doesn't always pay attention to the offense. He's usually pacing around grouchy by himself. And I get it. You are who you are. Um, And I don't want you pretending to be anyone else. But, Nick, why is Ed Donatel on this team? Really? Why is it Donatello on this team? I'm sure he's great in meetings. I'm sure he's great coach, but uh, that man can play. He can call plays, Nick. I'm so mad just trying to get the words out. I see Ed Donatello at the press conferences. I'm trying to ask him questions, and I want to ask him, you and Vic are boys. Why doesn't Vic trust you? Why won't Vic relinquish some of that control? Because Vic Fangio knows more about football than I will ever pretend to know in 10 lifetimes. So if he could relinquish some of that defensive play calling to Ed Donatel, that would open him up for more success. I know it would. Vic Fangio is not a dummy. His football acumen is through the roof. And I just don't feel like he delegates well on his side of the ball. And it pisses me off. Yeah. At the same time, Right, he's the head honcho there. The Broncos brought him in um, to be the dude to call the defense, and he's the one to do that. Now, maybe he needs to delegate this year, but also I could see him putting more on his plate because he wants to be the reason that if he goes out, it's because of him, and maybe that causes him to drown even more. It's like when somebody's panicking when they're drowning, right? It's like it gets even worse when that happens. So mm-hmm. uh, we got stars here from Peter saying, Luke and Nick now becoming my Broncos for breakfast. I'm loving it. Thank you very Thank much, you. Peter, for the stars. We see you. We Good appreciate morning, you. Over in <laughs> Cambodia. Uh, hope you're staying safe out there. I'd love to get out to that part of the world at some point in the world. Um, or at some point in my life. Uh, I was, so I was complaining about mosquitoes here, and I'm sure you can play about mosquitoes there. Imagine mosquitoes in Cambodia. I'm sure Peter, he's probably like, y'all don't even know. I'm dealing with it. Clayton, love you, Nick. Love you, Luke. Appreciate you so much, man. You guys are great. Casey Martin in the house. It's amazing how a great quarterback can make a head coach look brilliant. Yeah. I wonder what Matt LaFleur's record would be without Rodgers. Casey, I love it, man. Coming in with a very, very good comment. Uh, Casey's right, Nick. How, how would you react to uh, a great quarterback and some of those warts that they can cover up? We know that Peyton Manning certainly made receivers better, but you know what? He helped Tony Dungy a little bit too and some of those other coaches that he's he's been with. How would you react to a potential MVP quarterback helping Vic Fangio look a little bit better as a head coach? Hall of Fame players make Hall of Fame coaches. It's cliche for a reason. And we saw it last year. It's a one-year sample size, but like how mediocre were those Patriots last season with Tom Brady moving on? And then one year Tom Brady goes over. Bruce Arians has always been a good head coach. Winning Super Bowls. Winning a Super Bowl. One year. Um, so BA. It's, we yeah. love BA. We I'll need to like get us a BA like MHI something like dedicate. We love BA, yep. dude. And I know yep. this is a, a we cover Broncos, but Nick and I just have a, a huge man crush on Bruce Arians. He's just unlike any coach that I've read about. I wish I haven't met him or really been around him, but I would love to go total fanboy on BA. But yeah, man, here's here's the thing. It, it's just really tough when you're trying to change this culture of losing. And you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. You don't know if the head coach, this is going to be his last year. You literally have to take it game by game. But Nick, you, you proved a point for me. And it's, I'm going to keep it going by saying Hall of Fame players make Hall of Fame coaches. How many Hall of Fame players have played under Mike Shanahan? A good number. John Elway, Terrell Davis. Shannon uh, Sharp. Shannon Sharp, Steve Atwater on defense, right? I know, but still head coach, um, you know, and and, and various others in San Francisco, right? But not a head coach, I suppose. But yeah, just one of those, get Mike Shanahan in the hall for the love of God, and uh, let's just make things right. But 
Chase Wellner's coming in here. Let's pull that one, John. I mentioned this on Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric and Lance, uh, but Locke was top five last year in average yards of separation for his targets. Interesting. I'd love to see the uh, the source to that, um, wherever that came from. Hit me up on Twitter just so I can look at the data myself to see how close it is, right? Like if everybody's off by 0.01 uh, yards, then you know, what does it actually mean? And what does it mean year to year? Uh, But this to me means that Locke was this to me, if this is actually true and I'm interpreting it in the right way, this speaks uh, more highly of Shermer, right? Getting guys open, uh, primary reads being open and uh, less of Locke because if his guys are open and he's still inaccurate, that probably, you know, it's not on the wide receiver at that point. If his dudes are open and he's missing them, but that's just my interpretation. Yeah, it's tough. I looked into a little bit of some stats, too. I can't remember the number offhead, but everybody knows that Teddy Bridgewater led the league last year in most interceptions in the red zone. Uh, We all know that the famous clip of them not practicing two minute drill and all that kind of stuff. We all know that stuff. But did you know that when Teddy Bridgewater was playing with the Saints in that Sean Payton offense, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions in the red zone. Um, so don't sleep on Teddy either, you know, and yeah. I get Sean Payton, different offense, right? Not Pat Shermer, <laughs> different <laughs> offense. But when we look at what we've got with Teddy and we, what we've got with Drew, Teddy and Drew have both said competition brings out the best in the overall positional room and the team. Um, I can't wait to see what these guys got going. And speaking of Drew Locke, obviously everybody saw the uh, the crazy news, right? You got lug nuts flying off the highway in Kansas. And I, thank goodness Drew was okay and everybody was yeah. okay. And thank goodness for law enforcement out there having our Broncos QB back. And they love them, right? Kansas City, one of Can- or Kansas's sons. And uh, they're definitely proud of, of Drew. So it was cool to see that Drew had a, a cool moment. But Nick, I'm ready to start hearing some news soon about Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and some passing camps, right? Fourth of July is over now. The training camp's right around the corner here in a few weeks. When are the quarterbacks going to get together? Because it's a question that Mike Liss asked both guys, and Teddy said, I'll probably get some guys together down in Florida. And Drew said, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, throw with my quarterback coach back home, and I've got some friends and stuff like that. But are Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke going to throw to their actual teammates in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, a la Peyton Manning, Eric Decker at Duke? I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I'm excited to see what Teddy can do this year. Um, Wouldn't you also, like him to? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You think so? I mean, Drew, like, come on. Drew needs the reps. Teddy hasn't been yeah. here. He needs the reps. Like, Jerry, Judy, I don't need you running routes in the sand. You're the best thing ever mm-hmm. when it comes to running. But I need you to, like, fix these quarterbacks. <laughs> like, Jerry, I need you to f- help me help you. I feel like this is Jerry Maguire right now, man. I need I need that. And I'm not saying you need to go total Peyton Manning Boy Scout, but you know Tom Brady's got guys he's throwing to. You know that Russ Wilson, he's throwing. The greats do great things, and it starts before training camp. And I'm, I'm expecting that news to happen because Drew's been working his ass off. I know that for a fact. Teddy, he's a worker as well. So I just hope to hear some news soon. I don't know. Not the biggest deal ever, but I just, I want to hear it. Yeah. uh, You do want Jerry to do that, but also is Jerry in a position where he can be that type of leader, right? First round pick coming off of the year last year where he has to work on his own stuff before he has any, he's in any sort of position to have clout in the locker room as somebody who can call other people out, right? Like there's something to be said about years in the league, what you've done, how much you've improved. uh, If you have your own mistakes, right? It's, it's the glass houses thing. Um, where, you know, how can you come in here and, you know, be throwing, uh, words like that, <laughs> throwing, um, uh, verbal punches, um, when you're out here dropping balls. Uh, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that the drop balls, I'm concerned about that with Jerry Judy. Like if for some reason on Twitter this week, it, a lot of, uh, Drew Locke, Jerry Judy Broncos talk turned into a finger pointing of blaming Judy for Locke and blaming Locke for Judy. Um, I'd probably jack, uh, back Judy in that battle, uh, just given the data we know historically for the positions, but, um, I don't think Judy's at a position to be able to do. I think if anybody can come in here and say that, even though he's had a smaller sample size, it's Cortland Sutton, right? You saw him take those big steps year two to year three. Um, he's been working extremely hard. Um, and also he's that payday is coming. Maybe you wait until that contract, uh, because when those money, when the money comes, that's when players start to listen, like, Oh man, that guy got paid. Uh, I should probably listen to what he's saying there. Um, and speaking about listening to what they're saying here, we got, uh, Casey Martin coming here saying only 18 days until training camp. Thank you very much, Casey. We appreciate that. Uh, it looks like Dallas Jeter was being rude. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. He said that we look like PB players, but uh, 
you know what? I was a great PB player, a PB football player. Oh, PB. Oh, yeah. No, me too. I'm the, everybody was, right? Were we yeah. the best ever? And we were going to go pro. And then our our dreams were cut short starting in Pee Wee. I, guess. I was That's great funny. at Blitz back in the day, man. I, yeah. Yeah. Blitz were you coming up? Pin, we're like Gumby bending like Vaughn yeah. and everything. There was else. one at like the pizza joint where it was John Elway. And I just running around with the old Broncos, <laughs> whipping on the Jaguars. It was a good time. No, um, but, uh, I, I just, you know, Nick, I just want leadership. And I get it. Like yep. every year we talk about Peyton Manning and going to the receivers with Duke. And it gets a little tired, but the point doesn't. You know, the story's old and that's tired and I'm played out and I get it. But yeah. the story isn't. And talking to Orlando Franklin, man, you know, he's telling me stories about how the coaches would give out grades and Peyton would kick them out of the room. And the, just the team would sit there and Peyton would just ad nauseum rewind and rewind and rewind until whoever effed up that play finally owned up and was like, all right, this is what I did. This is how I need to fix it. And the Broncos don't have any one player right now that can do that. I'm sorry. They just don't. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast, but he's been in the injury room. It's hard to mm. have that loud bark when you're trying to come up and heal when that dog is healing from an injury. It's hard to respect his bite just a little bit, not saying he doesn't deserve it. And yeah, there's only one Peyton Manning, but man, I just, I want somebody to take a grab of this team. I want, especially on offense, I think defense, you've got the leaders, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. I would argue even Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson are very respected amongst their peers in there. You've got Shelby Harris that you know the defensive line. They rally around that man. And uh, especially Vaughn and Bradley Chubb. So I'm not worried about the defense, but leadership on offense, I don't know where it's coming from. I really don't. Graham Glasgow? I guess is the only name. That Dalton Reisner. Dalton Reisner. I mean, yeah, does he have like, enough skins on the wall? I don't. He, I don't know if he's. Does like, Graham Glasgow though? Because like he's got paid. He got paid. He got paid, but I would argue. Oh, all right. We're gonna split some hairs. Melvin okay, too, so, maybe. so Graham Glasgow. Bulls, he yeah. got. He got paid, and because of that, I would argue if he didn't get the number that he got, Graham Glasgow could definitely be a count casualty yeah. uh this training camp because he didn't quite play up to par but you know what nick neither did dalton reisner last year either and the broncos have to have both of those guards trending up uh dalton reisner's very vocal right and who doesn't love dalton reisner um i expect him to get better he takes his craft very very seriously but the offensive lineman can only command so much it's gotta come from the quarterback it's gotta come from one of those two guys I don't think it's Drew's personality. I don't think it's Teddy's personality. So it's going to be kind of tough. I think Teddy, I think it is Teddy's personality. I think Teddy's can come in and command the room. I think people really respect him. Um, apparently he's just an all around good guy, pure hearsay. But uh, I think also once he comes in and he's showing like, okay, this dude's competent. He knows what's going on. He's been there, done that uh, secondhand for him. You know, he's not coming in wide eyed and you'd hope from that uh, from Drew Locke entering his third year as well. But I think if there's anybody, honestly, the more I think about it, Melvin Gordon got paid. Graham Glasgow got paid, but Bridgewater's seen a few things. His fourth team, uh, many different systems, played with a lot of different guys who speak really highly of him. Maybe that guy is Bridgewater, and maybe that's a, uh, another reason that Bridgewater could be a guy who wins his quarterback position this year. Not even just because of the on-the-field ability, but accountability on the field and getting guys in the right spot where, you know, he's going to go out there. He's going to do his job to the point where he can tell other guys who are not doing their thing. You know, he's not out there making his own mistakes. Uh, he does have limitations obviously, but because of that, he can point out saying, okay, you messed up this route, blah, blah, blah. You mm -hmm. didn't hold this block long enough. Um, we need to fix that next time where I don't know if Drew Locke can have that same uh, ability this season based on what we've seen. And I completely agree with you because he does yeah. get the respect of his teammates. And that's where I think you're going to start seeing, um, the locker room divide as to which quarterback they want to start. Doesn't mean it's a broken locker room. It just means these players want this quarterback to start. And these players want this quarterback to start. They're all going to go play. It's not like they're going to have a strike because their quarterback didn't win the competition or whatever. But um, yeah, I think Teddy definitely commands that respect. And to Jerry Judy's credit, zero drop balls in OTAs, because you know, if there was just one, Someone would be talking about it. So um, props to Jerry Judy, props to Teddy, and, you know, Drew too, man. I know Drew's been working. Let's see how he does. Roughing the passer coming in. Please pray for my dog, Andy. She has uh, 
Lyme disease. Thanks. God bless and have a good night. I'm so sorry to hear that rough in the passer. Um, Nick and I are both pet owners, as are many folks on MHH's uh, community thoughts and prayers for you and your family. Because, Nick, I'll be straight up honest with you, man. I've cried harder over the damn dogs uh, that I've had to lose in my life than some some people, you know, because they become such a part of your family. They're loyal. They love you. Uh, so thoughts and prayers, man, because our fur babies, they matter, man. They really, really do. So yeah. thoughts and thoughts and prayers. Your Our hearts are with you. Yeah. Um, making me sad, man. I'm, I'll be thinking about your dog, Andy. Uh, that really sucks. And I hate ticks, too. Ticks is like my number one phobia. I'm scared to death of them. Um, probably being an infectious disease epidemiologist is another reason. But anything that sucks blood, ugh, no thanks. Um, but thinking of your dog, Andy, that's a, that's yeah, a big bummer, buddy. <sighs> God, you know, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I know. That was, that was tough. Here's, here's one thing I will say. One thing I will say, and I'm not saying – just a vet told me this, and I, I'll never forget it. First time I had to lay one of my beloved um, German Shepherds to rest, and she had told me the best thing you can give your animal is the gift of peace. And I yeah. stuck with me for years, man. And, yeah, I'm big old softy, so we got we got to roll on. We're going to finish – clean this up a little bit. It's Saturday night, MHI. He's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. And John on the ones and twos, we talk anything from Broncos to family to dogs to fourth of july to culture food drinks this show gets off the rails and we have a lot of fun with it casey martin we'll throw that one back up there real quick yeah. as i transition uh yeah peter middleton ticks are nasty ticks are gross dude for sure casey no. martin by all accounts drew Locke is a great leader he just doesn't win enough um you're right casey i mean like he says the right things Drew Locke takes all the blame in the press conference and never blames anybody else. I don't like it when he's, uh, you guys didn't play, so you don't really know. I don't like that, but it's a lot of players do that, right? Uh, Drew has never, ever, ever, ever thrown someone else under the bus, even though yeah. he could have thrown Pat Shermer under the bus. Pat has no problem throwing Drew under the bus, so I certainly understand that and respect that. Casey, you're right, but I want to get to this one. The, I think the Drew Locke stuff here, um, when you're talking about it, and I think Higher Learning's kind of has a point as well, is Locke a leader or is he more of a friend? Um, I do just hearing about him in the locker room, like, oh, who's the first person giving the ox cord to? Who's the one dancing in there? It's like, oh, it's Drew Locke. I want a quarterback out there who, when he comes by your locker room, you, your sphincter gets a little tight. You know, like when Peyton Manning came to you after you messed up, oh my God, like I'm, I'm having a hard time breathing. Uh, same thing you had with Tom Brady, same thing you have with Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, right? Like there's a little bit of fear there as well. It's, and it's out of respect. Uh, but right now I don't know if Locke has that. I think he's much more just one of the guys, which is fine. Um, but uh, talking about leadership and accountability for a young offense that needs direction. I just don't know if you see that. My guy Cecil wrote for uh, denverfan.com this week talking about, look, this is Drew's time. Otherwise, he's going to be a career backup, and that's true. Yeah. Everyone loves the backup, Nick. The backup quarterback's the coolest guy ever, and most, most of the team likes him. I don't want that the, to be the case for Drew Locke. Drew has the talent. He it has the like arm. And yeah, people like likeable. Drew Locke. Yes, yep. he's a very likable kid. The the state troopers liked Drew Locke. Um, you know, like he's a likable young man. He doesn't get in trouble. He holds his family, friends, and faith very close to his heart. I respect yep. that as a grown man. Um, he knows his why, and I respect that. So I, I just want to see Drew win a little bit, man. Don't we all? Um, because winning absolutely cures everything. And you know what cures everything? You know what cures the blues? Some MHH, man. And being able to rap with you guys. Um, we all have good days. We all have bad days. Sometimes we have tech glitches. But you know what, guys? In the in the grand scheme of things, we're having fun. And that's yeah. why we're here. And we want to give a big thank you to our superstars tonight. Gary Leeds Palmer. Gary Leeds Palmer. Travis Weber. Travis Weber. Stu McPeak. Stu McPeak. I'm saying it all day because you guys have been keeping it going. Andrew Morrow, Dale Hendricks, Peter Middleton, and the Slide and Glide brothers. An extra shout out to Peter Middleton, Dale Hendricks, and Andrew Morrow. You guys absolutely killed it tonight. Dylan Von Arks is always on our team as well. Uh, Peter Good morning in Cambodia. That's absolutely awesome that you're able to check in with Broncos country across the world. And uh, Mo Ron, my guy, absolutely loved Mo Ron in there today. Gary Smith was killing it. It was a fun show, Nick. And uh, I know it's usually the highlight of my day, man, getting to talk to you, getting to talk to Broncos country, because uh, something that you and I are both passionate about, something that we both uh, do professionally. But if your heart's not in it, 
then you shouldn't be in this because I absolutely love it. And I have a blast with you guys. And same thing with you, John. John, you keep the show going. Thank you so much for all you do. Yep. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate everyone for joining us today. Sorry about the computer saying, you know what? I'm going to take a little nap, a uh, quick quick little shut-eye to update, but uh, pr- thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks, Luke, for holding down the fourth there for a second. You can find us both on Twitter, at Luke Patterson LP, and myself, at Nick Kendall, and we got Zebulon coming in here. Thank you very much, Zebulon. Uh, Drew can't be a leader. Oh, with the stars as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, uh, Zebulon, Omega, Kevin Lind. Drew can't be a leader until he's at least isn't questioned as a starter of his position. Uh, I, ho- I hold out hope he turns it around still and really thinks he takes the job this year. Well, that's a good point as well, right? Like, how can you be the dude for your team when you're not even sure if you're the dude at your own position right now? So uh, we're fixing to find out, right? And if he takes it and wins it this year, then God bless. I'm That's the best case scenario for the Broncos. We really hope that happens. Um, I hope that happens. You know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm, you're not supposed to have rooting interest here uh, other than the team itself. Um, but, I'm still hoping that's the case because I do like Drew. I want to see good football. I'm sick of watching boring football. I'm sick of being tired and having to chart plays that I've charted two years in a row. This will be the second Pat Shermer offense in a year. If I see Royce Freeman flexed out in the wide position, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. So, no, I I hear you, man. Higher learnings on the way out. Thank you so much for joining us with us tonight. Des, I see you. Roughing the passer. Can't forget you as well. And, guys, don't forget tomorrow – um, the huddle up boys are at it as well. I believe on Sunday, I'm not sure if we have a midday show, stay tuned for that. But if you ever have any questions about our schedule, cause we have so much content and so much show, whether it's on our digital side or on the podcast side, you guys go to milehighhuddle.com. get at Twitter at mile high huddle. He's Nick Kendall, John K on the ones and twos. I'm Luke Patterson saying go Broncos.